Listener Production. Hello, and you are very welcome to another episode of Heart Science Explained, a weekly podcast brought to you by Listener and Cosmos. Today you've got me, Matilda Hansley-Davis, and we're scrutinising the science of the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year, and its friends, the summer solstice and the spring and autumn equinoxes. If you're living in southern Australia like I am, you're probably in no doubt that winter is coming. Temperatures are dropping, the days are getting shorter, and our minds are increasingly occupied with thoughts of hot chocolate, wood fires and blankets. Or maybe that's just me. We're heading towards the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year, on the 21st of June 2022. The summer solstice in December is feeling pretty far away. But have you ever wondered exactly what a solstice is and why it happens? To understand what causes the solstices, we need to zoom way, way out and imagine that we're watching our planet Earth from space. Imagine we can see the Earth spinning around, rotating on its axis once every 24 hours, creating day and night depending on whether we're facing towards or away from the sun. If we stay out here for long enough, we'll be able to watch the Earth orbiting around our sun once about every 365 days or one Earth year. Because the Earth itself rotates on a bit of an angle, about 23 and a half degrees to be more precise, the northern hemisphere is tilted closer to the sun for about half of this time and the southern hemisphere for the other half. This is why the seasons are reversed on opposite sides of the planet and it's why the solstices happen. In case I've just lost you, let's try something else. Instead of the Earth, imagine you're holding one of those golf balls that have two colours. Let's say the top half of the ball, representing the northern hemisphere, is red and the bottom half, representing the southern hemisphere, is yellow. If you happen to actually have a ball that looks like this, feel free to pause the podcast and grab it. You'll also need to find, or imagine, a larger sphere to represent the sun, something like a big orange or a grapefruit maybe. We'll wait here for you. Okay, so you hold, or imagine you're holding, the grapefruit sun in your left hand and your two-coloured earth ball in your right hand. Hold the golf ball so the dividing line between the two colours is parallel to the ground. That line represents the Earth's equator. Now tilt the golf ball slightly towards your right so that the yellow bottom half is facing a bit more towards the grapefruit and the red top half a bit more away. This is like the southern hemisphere summer. The yellow part of the ball, the southern hemisphere, is getting more of the sun's light and warmth. The red half, the northern hemisphere, is facing away, so it's winter there. Still with me? While keeping your golf ball earth on the same angle, move your right hand in a semicircle around the grapefruit. So the golf ball is now to the left of the grapefruit sun. This represents the earth orbiting halfway around the sun. Your arms should now be crossed over each other and the red top half of the golf ball should now be facing more towards the grapefruit. Now six months have passed, the northern hemisphere is facing more towards the sun and Europeans are going on summer holidays and eating gelato. 
This example definitely isn't to scale. In reality, the sun is big enough to fit about 1.3 million Earths inside it. But it gives you an idea of how Earth's orbit and seasons work. Interestingly, the path of Earth's orbit around the sun isn't a perfect circle. It's elliptical, like a circle that's been a little bit stretched out or flattened. But what does this have to do with solstices? In astronomy, the solstice is the moment when the north or south pole of the Earth is the closest or furthest away from the sun. This happens twice a year. At one solstice, the north pole is the closest it will be to the sun, and the south pole, which is directly opposite, is the furthest it will be. At the other solstice, the poles have switched places in relation to the sun. We can also use the word solstice to refer more generally to the day when this moment happens. The word comes from the Latin solstitium, which means sun standing. You might have seen from your window or garden the way the positions of sunrise and sunset on the horizon gradually move over the seasons. On the solstice, the sun reaches its furthest point and appears to stand still before reversing its direction. At the June solstice, the North Pole is the most tilted towards the sun that it will ever be during the year. It's the summer solstice and the longest day of the year for the Northern Hemisphere. In the far north near the North Pole, the sun will stay above the horizon for the entire day around the time of the solstice. For us in the Southern Hemisphere, that same day is the winter solstice. It's the shortest day of the year for us, or the longest night if you prefer to think of it that way. And the South Pole is at its most tilted away from the sun. Areas that are closer to the equator experience the least variation in seasons and day length through the year. If you go back to our golf ball and grapefruit experiment, you can see that the midline doesn't really change that much in terms of how much is facing the sun as the orbit progresses. So what's an equinox then? This name also comes from Latin, meaning equal night. These are the days of the year when day and night are closest to equal in length. As you might expect, these happen about midway between the solstices, in March and September. Around the world and throughout history, many human cultures take pains to mark the solstices and equinoxes, especially those of us who live in parts of the world where distinct seasons markedly shape our way of life. Perhaps the best known in the English-speaking world is Stonehenge, a stone circle monument in England dated at about 4,500 years old. The avenue that leads to the central monument is aligned with the points on the horizon where the sun rises at the summer solstice and sets at the winter solstice. We can still only guess at what sort of ceremonies or other activities might have taken place there, but archaeologists believe that the changing of the seasons would have held huge cultural importance for the ancient farmers and herders who lived in Britain at the time. Another interesting solstice-aligned monument is found just across the Irish Sea at Newgrange in Ireland. The monument, thought to be 5,200 years old, is a large mound containing a special type of tomb known as a passage tomb, with a long tunnel-like passage leading to a burial chamber. Around the winter solstice, the rising sun shines through a tiny window at the front of the mound, sending a beam of sunlight all the way down the passage into the tomb. Across the Atlantic, the Cahokia Mound site in what's now the US state of Illinois 
was home to a large pre-European settlement with a population of up to 20,000 people at its peak in the 11th to 12th century BCE. Today, the historic site hosts a reconstructed Woodhenge, a monument of wooden posts that align with the rising sun at the solstices and equinoxes. The Woodhenge is thought to have functioned as a calendar. Another famous sunrise alignment is found at the Angkor Wat Temple in Cambodia, which was built at around the same time as the Cahokia civilization was at its most populous. At the spring and autumn equinoxes, the sun rises directly over the main tower of the temple. So whether the June solstice is shaping up to be a long winter night, a balmy summer day, or anything in between for you, we at Cosmos wish you a safe and happy solstice. We'll be back soon with even more in-depth answers to life's big and small questions. But in the meantime, head to cosmosmagazine.com for more science just like this. Otherwise, we'll be back again next week for another Hot Science Explained. 